Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Hey, Addicts. It's FFA underscore Lowe's. Welcome back to the podcast. We've gotten through one week of football, entering the second week. We've got uh, Chiefs and Chargers going on tonight. Already an exciting showdown. How you doing, Mung? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, we are testing out a new format for the podcast, uh, focusing a lot more on the coming week previews. Uh, we understand that you guys have a ton of sources of waiver info, so we felt like uh, it was kind of a, a redundant info to give you on Monday nights. But uh, we're really going to focus on helping you win your coming week matchups with sit-start questions. We got a couple for the mailbag at the end, and of course, we're going to go through each and every game. But man, after just one week of football, it seems like we already have so many questions and not a lot of answers, right? Like if you drafted Nick Chubb, you saw Kareem Hunt get the two touchdowns. If you drafted Derrick Henry early, you saw Dontrell Hillier get two touchdowns. Uh, the ever, what is he like 55 years old now? Rex Burkhead out carried and out touched Damian Pierce uh, by quite a bit. So a uh, lot to go over tonight, Los, and, and it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, definitely is. Don't, before we get started, everybody just remember, don't get too ramped up about what happens in week one. We don't actually have a preseason in the NFL anymore. Offenses need time to gel. Quarterbacks need time to gel with their receivers against real NFL live competition before they, you know, I mean, not, not even, you know, four years ago, maybe five years ago at this point, uh, your, your starter was getting, you know, significant play time through three of the uh, preseason games. Now we only get three preseason games and nobody takes them seriously. Yeah, so week one of the regular season is, for a lot of teams, the first time the starters are seeing live action for more than, you know, a drive or two at a time. And uh, let's just hop right into it, Lowe. So we are recording right now uh, very early in the Chargers at Chiefs game, but we'll just talk about it real quick. Keenan Allen obviously out tonight. Um, both teams very run-heavy to start the first quarter, maybe a sign of things to come. We'll see. Uh, obviously, if you started Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you're pretty happy so far. Same with Austin Eckler. Even after a down week, you know he should be fine. Um, and anything to really kind of hone in on this game? Just pay attention to uh, whether Josh Palmer gets a significant amount of touches. Everybody's expecting that. Has not uh, panned out thus far halfway through the first quarter, but it's early. And then make sure Clyde Edwards-Alaire keeps getting the rock. He didn't get a ton of touches last week. Um, had those two touchdowns. Had, had a great week for you. But um, just keep an eye on his work. Yep. Um, we'll just skip talking about the fantasy impact because obviously by the time you guys are listening to this, this game will be over. You will know right. what has happened. Uh, but I will take Kansas City still zero zero. So uh, definitely, uh, st we're still projecting this game. Yes, give me Kansas City. All righty, and uh, it is worth noting, Los. So we'll get to the survivor talk at the end. But uh, I already have a strike on my account, um, so we'll see. But I am leading our pickums. Uh, by what, despite that. Hey, uh, you're one for one in Survivor, man. That's pretty good. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, you know, it's like hitting the uprights on a, on a field goal attempt, right? That's even harder. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know how many times I heard them say dong, what, uh, dong, ding. I think it was the Saints game that the guy just wouldn't let it go. Yeah, doink, whatever you want to call yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, let's move on to the Sunday slate starting with the noon Central 1 p.m. Eastern games, the New York Jets at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I mean, you're fine starting both running backs as flex plays given how many receptions and targets they got, but, I mean, they're certainly not going to be throwing it quite that much every week, I don't think. Uh, the only main takeaway for me was Elijah Moore seemed to be the clear number one guy uh, ran around 89% of the snaps and no other Jets wide receiver over 70. So I feel like he's the only safe guy uh, to flex right now of the, of the wide receivers. Davis outperformed him, but, or, uh, you know, out, out, out uh, yardaged him, but I agree with you. Uh, I'm not touching anything past Elijah Moore. Yep. Uh, if you had to pick one most, I mean, some leagues are pretty thin at running back. If you happen to have both for whatever reason, would it be Brees Hall or uh, Michael Carter and PPR? In week two, it's still Michael Carter. Okay, fair enough. Uh, on the Browns side here, uh, David Njoku didn't do a whole lot. Donovan Peoples-Jones was surprisingly uh, the target leader here. Uh, he might be uh, someone to stash for when Deshaun Watson eventually comes back late in the season. But, you know, as we mentioned at the start of the show, 
you got to be disappointed if you drafted Nick Chubb, right? A ton of work, 140 rushing yards. He looks as good as he always has. But, you know, Kareem Hunt getting 71% of those red zone touches. Is this perhaps a sign of things to come? I think you'd be more disappointed if this is your first year playing fantasy, or if you didn't have Nick Chubb ever in the past, this is the same song and dance as, as before. Uh, Chubb is a rock solid guy that gets you plenty of yardage. And then Kareem Hunt comes in and outscores him on a, on an almost weekly basis when they're both healthy. It's, it's annoying. Um, but I, I'm fine with Chubb as an RB two. He's solid enough from a week to week at the, that I, I don't draft him as a running back one, but I hope you didn't either. Yeah, certainly. And I think Hunt is a flex uh, option for sure, but I, I totally. would still have Chubb ranked ahead of him. Um, if you, again, for some reason had both, I'm going to take the home team Cleveland Browns. Yeah, give me the Browns here for sure. Alrighty. Uh, no disagreements so far, but still early. Next game up, uh, the Washington Commanders at the Detroit Lions. Man, Antonio Gibson. Uh, I mean, we're finally seeing what he can do if they actually used him as a receiver. Uh, led the backfield with 49 snaps to McKissick's 31 in week one and eight targets. That's what we want to see, especially in PPR. I think he's a reliable RB2 until Brian Robinson is back, right? Uh, especially against Detroit. Yeah, fire him up this week. Yeah, and, you know, if you drafted Terry McLaurin, are you worried at all that, you know, Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel seem very much involved, even though Washington paid him? No, not at all. Uh, it, it's a great, it's a great matchup here against Detroit. Um, he did connect with McLaurin for that one touchdown. Outside of that, it wasn't a great showing, but again, it's week one. Don't go yep. nuts. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not moving off McLaurin. Yeah. I, I would rank them McLaurin, then Dotson, then Samuel. Would you agree yeah. with that one? Okay. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Uh, on the, on the Detroit side here, Amon Ross St. Brown led the lines with a 32% target share. Now, obviously, they were playing, you know, down for a lot of that game. But as long as Detroit's awful defense keeps putting them in these types of shootouts, I think St. Brown could be a weekly wide receiver, too, especially this week against the commander's defense that allowed over 100 yards to Jacksonville slot receivers in week one. You know, Christian Kirk certainly ate, just didn't get the touchdown. Um, yeah, I, I think it's Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift, who sounds like he's going to play, even though he didn't practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, it's certainly not DJ Chark. Um, I don't love it. I'm not taking the L just yet on Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't think he has the upside of a lot of other flex plays, but if you if you like him, there's no problem with playing him. Yeah, and I think Jamal Williams is a viable, you know, touchdown-dependent flex. Certainly he got some of that goal line work. A lot of that was just because Swift had a big run to get them close to the goal line and that was a bit winded. Um, but you know, the, the flip side is if Swift isn't quite a hundred percent, even active Williams could still see quite a bit of work near the goal line this week. Yeah. I don't know if it's only because he was winning. I think they do like him at the goal line. The problem is, can you rely on Detroit to get to the goal line all that frequently? So, and, and I can't rely on that. So Williams is a no for me. Okay. I think he is viable this week. I would run him out as a flex play, depending on your options, because I do think Detroit will score quite a bit in this one, and uh, I am taking them at home. Ooh, this is a close one. Let's uh, let's root for a little Wentz magic here. Let's let's go with Washington. Zero confidence in this pick. This is not a survival pick of the week, but we got we got to we got to make it interesting. I actually think you know, to me, the Lions are in that middle tier versus the bottom tier Washington because they did keep up with what we expect to be a playoff team, and with Dak Prescott's injury, definitely you know the clear leader to win the NFC East, right? A very good uh, Eagles team that has strong offensive and defensive lines. The Commanders are one and zero. The Lions are zero and one. All right, against the Jaguars. I don't know how much <laughs> I would read into that one. <laughs> against the Eagles. I don't know how good they are either. <laughs> well, all right, we'll see. Uh, the next one, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, it sounds like Chris Godwin is doubtful with that hamstring injury. Uh, I'm not sure how much the hamstring injury plays for Gage as well. I mean, we saw Brashad Perriman get a ton of snaps. Julio Jones, Gage, Evans, all questionable right now. Uh, this is kind of messy, and it, to me, it's surprising that the Bucks are, um, you know, the Bucks are favored on the road against the Saints team that they're zero and four against in the regular season over the last couple of years. Well, what do you make of this? 
Well, the Saints have their own problems. Jameis uh, came off the field. We don't know his full status exactly at this point. I mean, he's going to play. We know we know that. Um, but the Saints started the season looking terribly against the Falcons, and I, I think Vegas is reflecting that. Yeah, I mean, assuming Godwin is out, but all three of Evans, Julio, and Gage are active, how would you rank those three in PPR? It's Evans, Julio, Gage. Julio is looking like a Julio of about a year and a half ago, much better than he looked in Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that, but I think I would have Evans ranked as like a back end wide receiver too. I think he needs a touchdown to be viable here. We've seen him struggle with Lattimore in the past, but you know, having Julio opposite him, assuming they're all active could free him up quite a, you know, a little bit. We did see Julio connect downfield with Brady against the Cowboys. So, yeah, I, I would agree with your ranking there. Um, moving on to the Saints side, Jarvis Landry, surprisingly solid usage in week one. Now, obviously, they were playing from behind, so a lot of pass attempts too, but it was encouraging to see him get targeted deep. I mean, do you think he's actually, you know, a, potentially has the shot to finish as like a top 30 wide receiver this year? Oh, this year? This year he has a shot. He doesn't have a top 30 shot against the Buccaneers this week, though. So. Okay. Um, and then Michael Thomas, are you believing what we've seen so far? I believe that we saw a very wise wide receiver understand the game and score two touchdowns. Uh, he, he's lost a step athletically. He's not the Michael Thomas of record setting three years ago, but he's going to have flex value because he's going to know how to be found um, in, in that, in that end zone. I'm not expecting six, seven plus targets from a week to week basis, uh, but I'd give him a start here. All right. Uh, who are you taking in this one? I'm taking Tampa Bay. New Orleans looked way too iffy against Atlanta. Tampa Bay's not going to let him back into the game like that if they start slow. Yeah, I, I, I went back and forth on this one. And for whatever reason, Dennis Allen seems to have Brady's number, uh, you know, with his defensive play calls. And I just, it, it's really tough for me to see after they dominated the Bucks even when they had, you know, like a top three offensive line the last couple of seasons. And now with all their issues and on the interior of the offensive line, I, I'm going the saints here. All right. All right. So two disagreements now. Uh, we'll Love see. It. We'll see. Uh, next game up here, Carolina Panthers at the New York giants, Chris McCaffrey, a little bit worrisome that he didn't get, you know, hyper targeted like we've seen in the last few years, but you know, still a clear workhorse played over 80% of the snaps. You're definitely still starting him. And then Robbie Anderson, surprisingly big day for him in week one could see a little bit more boomer bust flex production uh, with Baker Mayfield after, you know, Sam Darnold just absolutely tanked his value last year. Yeah. I'm not buying Robbie Anderson just yet. I, I think Carolina is going to lick their wounds and learn from their mistakes and just feed the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Baker Mayfield in the years prior to being with Carolina was awful good at throwing the ball to Kareem Hunt uh, and his running back. So I, I think, I think we see Christian McCaffrey step back in a big way this week. Yeah. I do think Robbie Anderson needs to be rostered in deeper leagues. And, and oh yeah. If he, you know, if you're desperate, I think he has that ceiling case uh, as a wide receiver for, but yeah, obviously you're ho hopefully you don't have to rely on him in your standard, you know, 10, 12 teams. Sure. All right. On the other side here, Saquon Barkley, uh, much like McCaffrey, was a workhorse, 33% uh, target share, 83% snap share. Both uh, led all running backs in week one. You're starting him. Uh, Kadarius Toney, Wandale Robinson, Sterling Shepard. Uh, this is just a mess, and I think you're avoiding everybody except Barkley on this team in most leagues. You've got it exactly right. Don't have any idea what they're doing with Kadarius Tony. Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head with Wandale. Yeah. No, <laughs> nothing else to add. Yeah. I, I saw that you dropped uh, Wandale Robinson in one of our leagues together. Is that correct? Sure. Yeah. I sure did. Yeah. I, th I think it's fine to, you know, pick up an upside, you know, RB stash, something like that. So I will note too, that, uh, I am playing against my fiance who it is her first year playing fantasy and I'm we're, we're facing each other this weekend. So rivals week. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we're going head to head this weekend and we're getting married next week. So that's, uh, that'll be interesting. It's almost like it was planned that way. <laughs> Almost. All right. Uh, I, 
Oh, I uh, I don't feel good about this yeah. one. I no. I, uh, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. There is no way to feel good about this one. Uh, I, I I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey, not Baker Mayfield. Right? <laughs> give, me, give me give me the Panthers. Okay, we will agree with this one. Um, next game up, uh, two teams with a lot of questions: the New England Patriots at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sounds like Mac Jones is expected to play. The back issue is not significant, but he did miss practice with an illness. So just not super excited about his, you know, play, uh, game planning preparation. Um, as for the running backs, you know, it was a big, big three-way split. Harris with 39%, Montgomery with 36%, and then Stevenson surprisingly with the fewest at 25%. But right. Ty Montgomery now on IR. Does that make you feel a little bit better about Harrison Stevenson? Yeah, I'm not bailing yet. I know uh, Stevenson got the least amount of work, but to me, he's the only Patriots worth Patriot worth playing right now. Um, Mac Jones is who we thought he was, right? He, he's a game manager. He's not somebody that's going to be lighting up score sheets. And that's big trouble in the hands of Matt Patricia uh, calling offense plays. So not liking what I'm seeing out of that offense. Yeah, I mean, as soon as we heard that Matt Patricia was the quote-unquote offensive coordinator, yeah. uh, I use that term very generously in this <laughs> in this particular situation. I, I was way off, you know, all Patriots in fantasy. I, I think, yeah, Stevenson, maybe Jacoby Myers as a wide receiver for in PPR. Sure, sure. He's the, yeah, only one. Yeah. All right. So I'm, yeah, but I'm, not, I'm not even feeling good about I uh, drop Hunter Henry. I'm not even feeling good about him. If he, if he does manage to haul in a touchdown here and there, it's not the same offense. No, definitely not. Um, and John Smith, you know, pretty much splitting snaps with Hunter yeah. Henry as well. Nice, nice play, but it was just one. Yep. All right. Uh, on the Steelers side here, the Najee Harris foot injury doesn't sound like a big deal. You know, Jalen Warren should be on your watch list at the very least, but certainly doesn't have to be rostered as of right now. sounds like Harris will be fine, but I don't, I don't know that he's going to be, you know, like a top 12 guy this year. It, it seems like the volume hasn't quite been there for him. Um, and this, the Steelers offense, at least with Mitch Trubisky right now is not one that we're expecting to score a whole lot of touchdowns week in week out. No, we know Belichick eliminates the best player and like it or not, Najee Harris is the best player, regardless of the status of his, of his foot on that, uh, on that team. Belichick's going to want Trubisky to be trying to throw that ball around. And that's, that's the game plan. Yeah. I mean, again, pretty simple here. It's Harris, Friermuth, and Deontay, right? Harris, Friermuth. Deontay. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm getting more, uh, I, I know I'm, I'm not trying to hyperreact to week one, but I liked what I saw to Friar Muth in, in week one. Granted, we needed an overtime period to get more work for him and Deontay, to be honest, that's, that's the, uh, that's the Trubisky element right there. But, uh, Friar Muth, Friar Muth didn't let me down this week. Yeah. I mean, not, not a huge performance, but one of five tight ends with uh, greater than 20% target share in week one. So certainly the usage is where you want to see it. Yep. This is another tough one. Uh, yeah. I understand yeah, TJ Watt. Yeah. Well, I think we're getting to some that I think they're clear favorites coming up soon, but sure. uh, at least here, I do think uh, I, the Steelers got really lucky winning that game against Cincinnati, but the, the Patriots also looked really rough. And again, I, I trust more in Mike Tomlin on defense than Matt Patricia on offense. And that's why mm. I am leaning the home team. Steelers. You're absolutely right. This is a really tough one. If there was more negative news about Najee Harris that came out this week, I, I would have gone with the Patriots, but I am going to take the Steelers in this game. It's going to be close though. You, you could see Trubisky throwing two pick sixes this game and it being over real quick, but. Oh yeah. I mean, that wouldn't shock me at all. But no, not at all. But, <laughs> but, but, but also for the purposes see... of this exercise, I'm leaning for, I'm leaning Pittsburgh. Sure. But I mean, at the same time, you could see, you know, Mac Jones getting sacked six times, right? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. The Steelers are not a bad defense at all. Yeah. And I think people are, are over uh, reacting to TJ Watt being out because yes, he's a big, big part of that defense, but they have a lot of solid pieces. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick pretty much single-handedly won that game yeah. for them. So he, boys have he's a lot still of, there. 
Watt boys have a lot of name recognition and, and uh, on-screen publicity, so that'll happen. Yep. All right, next game up, uh, AFC South showdown yet again. Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, big news here is that Michael Pittman, uh, limited practice, I think, on Wednesday and on Thursday, downgraded to a did-not-practice. I mean, this uh, that's that makes you nervous at the very least, right? It's game changing, that's for sure. Uh, if, if you know, if if everything else was equal, Pittman would be a locked in high end wide receiver two, maybe back end wide receiver one, especially here against Jacksonville. Uh, it gets messy though, because where do you turn? Do you turn to uh, the rookie Alec Pierce? Do you look at uh, at Paris Campbell? I just don't have the faith right there. I think the answer to that is more Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, and maybe a little bit of Naeem Hines. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, I will say though, if Pittman's active, like you can't sit him. No, no way. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to confirm with your thoughts on the Jacksonville side here. Uh, Evan Ingram was very heavily involved, but just wasn't very productive. Uh, Christian Kirk has a, a slightly tougher matchup in the slot this week, but you're starting him at wide receiver three and, uh, Zay Jones. I mean, he, he was very, very much involved, but of course, the big story, James Robinson splitting a lot of that work with Travis Etienne. That said, Etienne did you know, miss an easy touchdown catch. Uh, you're still starting Etienne over Robinson, I would say. I don't know. It depends on the format. If, if you're talking a full PPR, sure. If it's standard or half, I think it's very close. I, I think this team likes James Robinson a lot more than uh, the rest of us do. And that's what matters at the end of the day. Who does the coaching staff want in there? I, James Robinson did not have a bad game. I, they're neck and neck for me. I'm still leaning ETN because I do think just the pass catching role, he, he's still getting more targets and, and you know more receiving usage. So that's why I'm leaning him. But certainly I think they're both in that flex territory, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Whoever, whoever scores the touchdown in the red zone any given week, that's going to be the guy, and it's going to be tough to predict. Yep, exactly. Uh, I don't feel great about this game, uh, especially if Pittman's out. But, uh, you know, just on paper, I still got to lean the Colts. No, the Colts are going to get it back together, even though they're on the road. Uh, it's it's This is week two. They're a week two team. They're going to smash them. Okay. I mean, it wouldn't shock me if Taylor has close to like 200 yards and like two touchdowns. No way. Yeah. I think maybe they just rely on him. All right. Let's move on to Miami at Baltimore. Uh, Chase Edmonds, 64% snap share, despite a fairly quiet week. I think he's still a fine RB two. You're starting Tyree kill, of course. And uh, Baltimore has a lot of injuries on their secondary right now, much like their start to last season. I think Waddle is a fine wide receiver three. I like him. Put him in your flex. Uh, enjoy the points. All right. Uh, not a whole lot to talk about on the Miami side. On the Ravens side, though, J.K. Dobbins, it sounds like he has a fair chance to finally see some game action. If he goes, are you trusting him? Not this week. Nope. Yep. Yeah, and Miami's defense looked very solid. I understand, again, the issues with the Patriots on offense, but I think part of it, too, is the Dolphins' defense has been unheralded, but you know, very strong over the last couple of years. And are you going to trust him at, at the goal line or, or at the five in, in his first game back? No, you're going to put it in the hands of that quarterback, Mark Jackson, let him run it in just like he does so well. Yeah, not to mention, you know, they lost uh, left tackle Juwan James to injury last week. We still don't know when Ronnie Stanley is going to be back. So really, it's just Andrews Bateman and Lamar right now. Well, Duvernay, if you trust him, but I, I think that's uh, that's an element of you know week one. Hopefully, you didn't spend too highly in your in your fab budget on him. No, I, I think it's going to be pretty spread out from week to week, and I think he yeah. will have some more touchdown weeks. But you know, oh, sure. good good luck knowing when they're when they're coming. Is, is that's the, issue. the problem? Yep, yeah. exactly. Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, this might be the toughest one for me this week. Honestly, I I think this Miami team is on the up and up. Uh, just Lamar Jackson looked really good. I'm just going to lean the home team here. 
Oh, okay. I was going to take Baltimore. I, I think Miami looked a little better than they are just with that new England team in complete disarray. And, uh, and that nice, nice, uh, broken little route, uh, route that Waddle ran for that deep, uh, for that long touchdown made Miami, uh, distance themselves a little more than they actually are. So I, I think Baltimore is the better team. Yeah. I, I, I went back and forth on this one, but I am going to go with Baltimore. But I, I do think that the Dolphins are, you know, the clear uh, number two in the AFC East right now, right? Oh yeah, in the out of those four, yes, yeah. they're definitely okay. better than Jets. Yes. <laughs> All righty, uh, let's move on then to the Sunday mid-afternoon slate, starting with the Atlanta Falcons at the LA Rams. Uh, the Falcons with just a cowardly call at the end of the game not to go for it on fourth and one, even though you have Mariota and Cordero Patterson just dominating on the ground all day. But it is worth noting that Damian Williams got seven out of the first 10 snaps of that game before he got hurt. Uh, not certain if he's going to play yet this week, but maybe a sell high moment for Cordero Patterson. If uh, any of your teams in your leagues are trade happy, you know, early in the season, um, certainly you're still starting him as a flex option here, but, the Rams are, are still a tough defense, despite what Buffalo made them look like uh, on Thursday, right? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, what the actives are at game time. Tyler Algier was an inactive. Of course, he's the, I think, fourth-round rookie um, that they drafted this year that a lot of people thought were going to be the future at the running back position. Late-round rookies don't always pan out. This week, he was inactive. Uh, I expect him to be in this game, and I would not be surprised if he gets 30% of the workload. Yeah. Um, and then it's just, you know, it's just London and pits. Not, not a whole lot to say there, right? London pits. Yeah, that's it. All right. On the Rams. Are you worried at all? No, I mean, still, yeah. you know, one of those, I, I just think it's ends, worth mentioning. But... Yeah. Not, not, I mean, I'm not either, but just cause he's drafted so highly and everybody touts him so highly. Just want to reiterate, don't, don't worry. He's going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, more than 20% of the target share in week one uh, led all tight ends in air yards share with 22% last week. Uh, you know, better days are coming. Mariota is going to present, you know, somewhat of an issue, but also volume should help, right? I mean, we don't expect the Falcons to be leading in many games like they were in week one. Exactly. Yeah, so I think more target volume will help. And uh, let's move on to the Ram side here. Obviously, the big stories here our cam Akers and Allen robinson uh hmm. acres surprisingly just 12 snaps to daryl henderson's 55 in week one i mean henderson's what uh back end rb2 here and acres an avoidable rb4 trade him yeah i mean i, I don't think Ship you're him. gonna be able to get anything so i, I would probably drop just hold him. on your bench um, <laughs> no you're not don't drop him yeah no i i definitely don't think you should drop him uh we know you know henderson has struggled to stay healthy as well um, during his career so far. So I, I don't know that he's going to hold up to this kind of workload if it continues. And also, you know, Ky Kylan Hill, right? His high ankle sprain on IR out at least four weeks. That at least keeps Akers as, you know, the 1B and a, and a high upside handcuff. Almost makes you wonder why they cut Sony Michelle. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, who got cut again and now is on the Chargers playing tonight. Yep. All right. Uh, as for Allen Robinson, of course, uh, if you want to be glass half full, the silver lining is that on Thursday night, he was on the field for pretty much every offensive snap, but just one target all game before that, you know, last Hail Mary target, if you even can, can really consider that one. Well, Didn't all that look... zone coverage, it was just, it was rough. Yeah. I mean, he, he was lost <laughs> out that, there. What does that quote plays, even but... mean? I would have thrown to Allen Robinson, but they were just playing zone all night. Uh... Allen Robinson is big, strong, fast. Allegedly, he he should he should be able to find holes in zone coverage. He didn't have any problems two years ago with Trubisky. Is he just toast? Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, uh, the honest answer is we don't know, right? But right. at the very least, I'm still willing to start him as a wide receiver three or flex option okay. this week against Atlanta. Are you? Yeah, against Atlanta, I am. Okay, and. Uh, Pretty much cross your fingers, right? <laughs> okay, absolutely. And if and if he hits, then uh, then then be happy. And uh, then what do you do? What do you do if he hits? I guess we we go back to the drawing board next week and throw him back in our lineup. Yeah, I, I'm willing to give him a couple weeks simply because you know we saw Robert Woods started slow last year with Stafford as well, but he got more That's involved um, before his injury. 
over the you know first seven or eight weeks, I think uh, he was still you know like top fifteen fantasy wide receiver. So that, that is the hope. <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I mean let, let's not get cute. We're going with the Rams here, right? Yes, yes. All right. We are both going with the Rams. The next game up here is going to be the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. Kenneth Walker coming off of that groin surgery. Sounds like he has a chance to play. Um, if he's active, do you still trust Rashad Penny here? I do. Penny looked really good. Uh, Penny tends to look good when he's healthy it's just a matter of him staying healthy so i i think he's okay to start if uh regardless of walker okay uh i'm, I'm not super enthusiastic about him against this niners defense uh, obviously we saw khalil herbert punching a touchdown but i think he's going to be in that back end flex category uh where you're going to need a touchdown to feel good about penny at the end of the day but uh outside of him I mean, the tight ends were a big rotation and we know the niners are good uh, against the tight ends over the middle. Uh, really, it's just DK Metcalf, right? I mean, Tyler Lockett didn't do a whole lot against Denver, and, and Metcalf seemed to be the go-to guy uh, for Geno Smith, who looked pretty good against uh, his his old uh, former number one quarterback in Seattle, Russell Wilson. Yeah, sort of the same thing we saw last year uh, when, when Smith was in with uh, Lockett and Metcalf, so not hugely surprising. Uh, it's, just Lock- it's just Metcalf. All right, on the Niners side, a lot to talk about here. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is out for a couple months with an MCL sprain. George Kittle still has not practiced as of Thursday with that groin injury. And then, of course, a lot of panic going on with Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk, who were very quiet in week one. Uh, Debo Samuel was fine, uh, so, of course, you're starting him. In in fact, he might even get more involved on those goal line carries again with Eli Mitchell out. So I don't think there are any questions there. Um, what about Trey Lance and Brandon Ayuk? What number are you at uh, if there were a panic meter? Panic? Zero. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, zero. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I don't – it was a crazy game last week in the weather. Hopefully you had other options. Yeah, and I think I just wanted to say that because I want to throw it out there because there is a lot of panic on Twitter at least and on the streets. Um, uh, but uh, in clear weather, I mean, Ayuk was running a lot of more deeper routes, and obviously, uh, you know, the monsoon conditions were not uh, particularly helpful for for him. And then for Trey Lance too. I mean, I think the silver lining is 13 rushing attempts for I think it was only 54 yards, but that that's the kind of usage you want um, from your rushing quarterbacks in fantasy. Still starting him as a top 10 option this week. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Uh- Every quarterback will throw a dud out there. This dud came in the middle of, like you said, monsoon season. That is one thing to keep an eye on. Um, Games that are in Chicago, Chicago has no dome. Chicago gets pretty bad weather sometimes, so keep an eye on that. Um, Same with Foxborough. Foxborough can have some really bad weather, so especially later in the season between rain and snow, keep an eye on that sort of thing. And I think one of the – I think for some reason it feels like Tampa, but I think one of the Florida fields is the same situation. They might all be domes now. Yeah, and I was going to say, um, yeah, I, I think Hard Rock is not a dome for sure. Uh, same with Raymond James in Tampa. So, yeah, both yeah. of those. Um, and, and I would say, you know, a comparison that obviously Trey Lance is not Josh Allen, but nobody was panicking about Josh Allen after that snowball game last last year, right? And, nope. and I think that's the, the same kind of energy that you should go uh, into week two with. Uh, I think it's going to be a big week for the Niners, and I'm taking them pretty easily at home, despite that uh, very impressive win by Seattle, I will say. Yeah, I I agree with you there. The Niners are going to get back on track. Very good defense. One wrinkle in this Bears game, though, is I I think we did see start of the cracks in the the armor where we are going to realize that Justin Fields, sorry, Mung, is better than Trey Lance. I mean, he certainly looked good. I I don't – and here's the thing, right? I don't think it should be – like one is good and the other has to be bad. I think they can both be <laughs> good, enough. right? Fair <laughs> enough. Like I've I've never once slandered Justin Fields. I just that's always a fair said, point. I just always said that he has a, a more of an uphill battle given his surrounding circumstances, right? That, yeah. And that's that's the reason I've had him ranked um, lower than Lance all preseason. Not wrong. Not wrong. Yeah, and certainly, hey, I, I mean, I would love to see the Bears be good again with Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, we will talk about that game coming up pretty soon. Uh, Can we, we be are... done slandering Debo Samuel for now? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he's fine. I just don't know that you're getting that top five return um, that we saw last year, given where you drafted him. But, I mean, certainly looking better than C.D. Lamb right now. There you go. All right, let's move on to the Cincinnati, uh, I, almost saw, I almost said Bearcats, uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, at the Dallas Cowboys. T. Higgins going through the concussion protocol. Uh, yeah. He's questionable, so something to keep an eye on. Uh, Burrow, man, uh, pressured on 38% of his dropbacks, even with the Steelers not blitzing. Uh, obviously, the O-line still needs time to start gelling, but I, I, the great thing here is Joe Mixon finally being used as a receiver. It, it took a, about 100 pass attempts, but you know it's still encouraging to see that they're finally using him in some of those passing down situations. And then uh, I do think that Tyler Boyd is startable as a wide receiver too, back end, if Higgins is out this week. You took all the words out of my mouth. Uh, where's Penny Sewell when you need him? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're pretty happy with taking Jamar Chase still. <laughs> I don't think they're yeah, too worried about that. Tongue in cheek. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, honestly, that was a win-win, right? There was no bad pick there. No, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's another thing, right? Speaking of, like, Lance versus Fields, when people always want an NFL team to win a trade, I mean, sometimes – there's a clear winner, but like with the Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs trade, I think Buffalo and Minnesota both won. Yep. Yeah. Well, ever, ever since that trade that to move up to pick uh, Trubisky, the, uh, the, the Niners have far surpassed uh, bears, the bears and wins in the, in the win column when, when looking at each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see how we'll see how Lance and field shake out over the next couple of seasons to see how yep. those trades end up shaking out. Uh, but one thing's for sure, uh, the Cowboys are probably not very happy that they traded away Amari Cooper right now Yeesh. because it was rough against Tampa. And, and the Bucks have good, you know, they always get pressure, but their secondary is attackable. We saw that the Dallas Cowboys were able to pass for a ton uh, in week one of 2021. And, and it was just completely different on Sunday nights. Uh, and, of course, the big news is uh, Dak Prescott, he's going to be out for a few weeks. Um, in one quarterback leagues, assuming you've got guys like Mariota, Winston, maybe even Fields available on the waiver wire, is Prescott a hold for you if you don't have an IR spot? No. Okay. No, that that's too valuable a spot. It's gonna be it's gonna be two months. I don't care what Jerry Jones says. Yeah, I agree. And and even when he comes back, right? They just lost Connor McGovern after already, you know, losing a lot of that offensive yep. line it's probably going to be a, a rough year for the Cowboys offense. And, you know, I don't know that Dak Prescott was going to have that solid QB one season in fantasy to begin with. He'll come back just in time for you to pick up Deshaun Watson instead. If, if you want to do that. Yeah. You're not wrong. It's probably going to be, you know, a similar timeline, right? Yep. Yeah. That, that's a very good point. Um, and I even if we'll... Dak, do, even if Dak does come back, we saw we saw what what fingers can do uh, when you come back a little too soon with West, uh, Russell Wilson last year. Yeah, yeah, that's another great point that I didn't even think of. Uh, but I will say this, Los, I, I don't think you should be panic selling C.D. Lamb or Dalton Schultz if you drafted them. Uh, well, first, because you're probably not going to get much given the the perception right now. And second, it is worth noting that in Cooper Rush's lone start against the Vikings last year when he was filling in for Prescott. Lamb had six catches for 112 yards on eight targets. And then Dalton Schultz had a quiet two catches for 11 yards, but he wasn't third in targets with seven. And Amari Cooper, who got 13 targets in that game, is gone. So I think yeah. both of these guys are still startable against the Bengals. I agree. Lamb's going to be hyper-targeted, easy 10-plus, 11-plus. He's athletic enough to turn that into something. He's, he's not always going to be held under 30 yards. Yep. All right, so a lot of issues for the Bengals who lost to the Steelers in week one, but I am taking them on the road. Yeah, way more issues for Dallas. Give me the Bengals. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Uh, this is one we will not disagree. <laughs> yeah. uh, moving on to the Houston Texans at the Denver Broncos. Uh, Lovey Smith, of course, playing for the tie. Oh, Lovey Smith. Uh, mm. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll move on because uh, it, it, Lovey Smith's <laughs> fantasy decisions, show. <laughs> well, Lovey Smith's decisions no longer impact us, right? So, it, you know what? It, that's right. the Texans' problem now. That's right. Uh, speaking of Texans' problems, if you drafted Damian Pierce, uh, Rex Burke had 72% of the snaps versus just 28 for Pierce in week one, including the receiving usage, two minute drill work. Uh, it sounds like they're going to, they said they're going to involve Pierce more, but. You can't really trust him right now, can you? 
I don't want either this week against Denver. No, it's it's just Brandon Cooks, right? It's only Brandon Cooks. Hold Pierce on your on your bench. Don't drop him or trade him just yet. He's selling low. Um, if you went out of your way to draft him, I do think later in the season we we see a bit more from him. But Lovey Smith trusts his vets. He uh, he's going to keep putting the ball in the hands of Rex Burkhead until uh, until he loses a hammy or something, which unfortunately I think is pretty much the mo at this point. Yeah, and I will say, you know, don't chase the touchdowns with OJ Howard. Uh, two touchdowns, no. just two targets. Right. Um, but I do think it's interesting because, as you always say, quarterback's best friend is generally the tight end position. Sure. And even though Howard only played 17% of the snaps, there is room for his role to grow. You know, they went out to get him. And uh, it's worth monitoring if Howard starts getting more snaps. Uh, he's at least a watchless candidate, especially for deeper leagues where, you know, tight ends might be hard to come by. He's very talented. He, he, despite all of his struggles, he is the reason that I had faded Dawson Knox a little bit in the preseason. Then, of course, they cut him. So, uh, so that went out the, out the window. But he just showed you two touchdowns week one. That's what he can do. Yeah, and not to mention uh, the Seahawks tight end just combined for eight catches yeah. over 100 yards and two touchdowns against this Broncos secondary. So yep. if there's a way to attack Denver, it could be via tight end. So if you're desperate in a deeper league, Howard, worth a look. Yeah. All right, on the Broncos side here, I mean, I just read a great article by uh, Ted Wynn uh, over on, I think he's at The Athletic, about mm. how Pete Carroll forced Russell Wilson to scramble to his left because, of course, he coached Wilson for so many years, and maybe he struggled there. So brilliant play calling by Pete Carroll there. I Obviously, I talk you know crap about him sometimes, being the dinosaur that he is with the establishing the run. But, you know, he's still a smart defensive coach, if nothing else. And uh, I think you're still starting Russell Wilson here against Houston, right? Let's not get crazy. You're starting everybody that you want to start. Wilson, Sutton, Judy, both the running backs. Fire them up. Yeah. Uh, Albert O, too, right? Yeah, uh, I, I was a little worried preseason uh, with, with all everything we were heard, uh, hearing about their tight ends room with, with Dulcich, but we saw uh, Wilson and Albert O have, have a good connection. How about starting the game with uh, like three passes to Andrew Beck? That, uh, that really threw me. Yeah, I think everyone who drafted <laughs> Albert O was holding their breath at that point. Um, but, you know, this is why we, we watched the entire game and not just right. the first quarter. And uh, that is also why I'm taking Denver here, despite a down week one. Yeah, it, it's not going to be close. Broncos all the way. Yep. All right. Let's move on to Arizona Cardinals at the Las Vegas Raiders. One of the highest over-unders of the week. This one could be a shootout. And you're starting Marquise Brown. You're starting James Conner. But we should probably talk a little bit about Greg Dortch, who's running a ton of shallow routes. I think he's a usable flex this week, especially in PPR and, you know, where he's going to get a ton of volume, it seems. I agree. If you have an injury, if you have an issue uh, and you need to plug somebody in, uh, I'm sure either he or the uh, the Titans guy are probably sitting there on your waiver wire just waiting for you to grab him for free. Yep. And worth noting, too, that, uh, you know, Zach Ertz um, was healthy and he is expected to be fine for this week, obviously played, but not as many snaps as we're used to seeing him playing in week one. And then finally, worth noting too, that James Conner was the workhorse, but Eno Benjamin seems like the clear number two in Arizona. So he's a stash uh, if you have room on your bench and want those upside running backs. You got it. On the Raiders side here, uh, how deep do we want to go? Because with Brandon (laughs) Bolden out, Amir Abdullah, uh, maybe RB4 usage uh, in that pass catching role if you're desperate in those deeper leagues. Uh, but really, it's the Devontae Adams and Darren Waller show. And, you know, Hunter Renfro just, you know, <sighs> that's what we said preseason, right? Devontae Adams is going to hog targets for better or worse in this offense. Um, that was always the worry for Waller and Renfro. Seems like a bigger worry for Renfro than Waller right now. I'm not as concerned this week. The Chargers are a much different matchup than the Cardinals are. The Cardinals will allow you to throw a touchdown against them. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not afraid of starting run for this week. Well, if you scouted me in my flag football days, I don't know that you would say that. But uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe you could throw a touchdown against them. We'll oh, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Um, all that being said, this is another tough one. I, it's hard for me to bet against the Raiders at home. I, they're just, both teams have rough looking defenses. 
Um, Arizona, a little bit more banged up. I mean, it helps that J.J. Watt might be back this week, but I think overall, just better offensive weapons for the Raiders at home. For me, it's the Raiders as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. Arizona needs to find out some answers at defense, and I, it's not going to happen in the first half of the season. But hey, it's great if you have, you know, Kyler, Marquise Brown. Oh, yeah. And uh, Dorch and fantasy because it means shootout city. And we're very okay with that. This is fantasy. All right. Let's move on to Sunday night football. Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Big news. (sighs) uh, Justin Fields sliding the slip and slide, the iconic uh, picture and video. I think that one will be shown a lot in years to come. Oh, Uh, yeah. A lot of promo packages. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, man, if you follow Bears social media, it's like nonstop. You've seen that clip pop up everywhere. And, uh, you know. Who would have thought so- he ran for fewer than 30 yards? Right. And uh, <laughs> I, I will say, too, you know, Fields, like we said when we were talking earlier, he looked good, um, but certainly still left a lot, you know, a lot to be desired. But, again, the monsoon game, we're not judging him or Lance too harshly yeah. for that. On the running back side, David Montgomery was rotating drives with Khalil Herbert. What about a two-to-one workload? So you're still starting Montgomery here as the RB2, right? Yeah, I am not worried yet. Now, if we see the same sort of sp- – again, just because of the monsoon game, um, you're going to want to protect your players. It's, it's you know, pretty simple in my opinion. I don't know. Uh, I don't expect it to be as close this game. I do expect it to be a little more uh, David Montgomery heavy. Or I could be wrong about him. Uh, if it is closer, then, then boy, was I wrong about him this year. Well, I do think we're going to see Herbert on those change of pace drives. Um, but certainly, I, mm. I, I agree that I would rank Montgomery over Herbert despite that touchdown. Um, as for, you know, Mooney and Komet, I know you've been higher on Komet than I was on a preseason show. Uh, do you trust Komet against Green Bay here this week? Go get him. He might have been dropped in your league. Go get him. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not quite as high on him. Um, okay. You know, I, I would probably start, I would have rather started like Gerald Everett tonight. I don't think he's done too much yet, but I, I probably would have done that. Um, well, like, I wouldn't have. Fair enough. We, we'll see. Uh, so you have, <laughs> you have come at ranked inside of your top 12 this week, would you say? Uh, let's see. Let's run through some names. I would have him probably around 12, I would think. So, uh, um. I prefer Fryermuth right now. Uh, I prefer Hawkinson right now. Uh, Ertz right now, just because of the state of that team. Um, I would have him over Everett. Him and Knox are sort of even Stevens for me. I'd have Alberto just above him. And then I think, uh, no, Komet right now. Yeah, I I, I do expect, I, I expect some of those Higby targets to go Allen Robinson's way. They have to. They paid him way too much. Yeah, well, I mean, Stafford was also just under pressure all night, just trying to get that ball out. So I think yep. that was part of the, the Higby targets. Yeah, I, well. I've fallen for the Higby trap too many okay. times. And so I would guess then also you're starting Mooney at flex? Yes. Okay, I, I'm more confident about Mooney, I think, yeah. um, than Komet, but certainly uh, worth talking about. On the Green Bay side here, rough game for Aaron Rodgers, which you just love to see. Uh you know, sure do. up in Chicago, we're always happy to see Aaron Rodgers on his back. But uh, Alan Lazard with the foot injury, he's questionable still for week two. That's something to monitor. And uh, really, the bigger issue is the, is the Packers' offensive line. But uh, certainly we saw that the Bears' pass rush might be a little bit better than we expected, even though some of that was weather-driven. But uh, overall, you know, I think the big story here is Aaron Jones versus A.J. Dillon. I mean, if, if you're going, you know, if you had a time machine and for some reason you decided to go back to a fantasy draft instead of like winning the lottery or killing him or something, uh, and you went back to your fantasy draft of, would you still draft Aaron Jones over AJ Dillon right now? I would. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It well, not as not, I would draft AJ Dillon higher than he was going in drafts though. I don't necessarily think I would fade um Aaron Jones further that he was going because he was going right in that Javante Williams Leonard for for net range so I, I don't necessarily think I drop him too far out of the second round but I, but I would creep Dylan up into the mid third I mean I I think whatever wherever you want to move him the gap shouldn't have been quite as large right exactly yep yeah and honestly it wouldn't shock me if Dylan 
you know, outscores him at the end of the season. But right sure. now, I will still have Jones ranked slightly ahead for this week. I think both are viable. Start, Start them right? both. Absolutely. Both, both RB2s. Um, especially again, if Lazard remains out, then I do think both are going to see more targets as well out of the backfield. And uh, man, it, I think this game could be fairly close with you know all the issues that Green Bay is facing at the time. But we always see Green Bay start slow. I said that on the last on the last podcast, right? We saw yep. New Orleans just dominate them in Week One. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was like, "Hey, relax," and just at Lambeau, I, I can't bet against Green Bay. No, it's Green Bay, unfortunately. All right. Let us move on to the first of the two Monday games then. First one yeah. starting at 7.15 Eastern, 6.15 Central. Tennessee Titans at the Buffalo Bills. If you drafted Derrick Henry, you're uh, pretty mad at Dontrell Hilliard right now, but you're <laughs> yeah, still sure starting Henry. <laughs> yeah, two touchdowns sneaking in there, Hilliard. What are you doing, man? Come on. Yeah, but I will say... I, Against the Bills, we saw Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers both struggle. I, I don't think I would have Henry inside my top 12 running backs this week. Well, let's put that to the test. Derrick Henry or James Conner, who I know you love. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty low on Conner, but I'm taking Conner this week. Oh, ouch. Derrick Henry or Nicholas Chubb? Oh, it's Chubb easily. Derrick Henry. Or Aaron Jones? Give me Aaron Jones. Derrick Henry? Or Javante Williams? Oh, Williams against Houston. Yep. Derrick Henry or Antonio Gibson? I mean, the Eagles rushed for four touchdowns against Detroit. I didn't think this would be a question two weeks ago, but I think it, it's close. It, I might want Gibson for four. Eric Henry or not? How about Najee Harris? Mm, I think I'm still going Henry there. Okay. So we have you settling in the, in the second half of the running back twos. Uh, regardless, you're, you're starting him. You, know, you don't have two running backs that are better than him. Doubtful, I, I think. I mean, unless you're a very shrewd drafter or you abandoned every other position. Yeah, I mean, even if you grabbed like, cream hunt and uh like james robinson uh, those guys looked good week one i i would not sit derrick henry for them no certainly yeah, not i'm not i'm not quite that that crazy <laughs> yeah yep okay um and then uh kyle phillips um uh, maybe the wide receiver one right now <laughs> right now he certainly looks like it uh thanks Tannehill. uh i like him just like i like greg dorch throw him in there especially in a ppr very similar yeah, line i mean with I think the Bills are favored by like nine or ten points. Like you got to think Phillips is going to get garbage time, and I would rank him highest of the three right now. I'm with you. All right, on the Bills side, uh, not a whole lot to say. I mean, you're starting Josh Allen. Um, you're starting Stephon Diggs. Good think, team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the analysis you guys subscribe for. Um, <laughs> the, the high level, very very detailed stuff like that. Um, uh. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're certainly not wrong. Close. Biggs, uh, uh, wide receiver one. Gabe Davis, I think, boom bust, wide receiver three. McKenzie, more of a wide receiver four. We're seeing him, you know, swapping it out with James Crowder a little bit. And then I think it's still Devin Singletary if we're ranking the running backs, right, over Zach Moss? Mm, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think not, not, uh only gave you a point this week, but he, he could. He's, he's one of those guys that can give you two or he can give you 20. Yeah, I mean. You're, you said you're starting to come out over him, right? No, I said that they were dead even for me. I I, I would probably pick in this matchup uh, Dawson Knox. Okay. Uh, give me the Bills. Yeah, give me the Bills. All right. I did not think we were going to have to debate that one. <laughs> no. Maybe this one. We'll see. Monday Night Football, uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. Minnesota Vikings at the Philadelphia Eagles. Don't worry about Dalvin Cook. 77% of snaps. Still a workhorse. Had a quiet week, but he will have some big weeks still. And then beyond that, not a whole lot of difference from last year, right? We know Justin Jefferson's a stud. Thielen's that touchdown-dependent flex. And then you're not really playing anybody else outside of those three. Yeah, I like Thielen this week. Yeah. I do too. Uh, on the Eagles side, uh, AJ Brown must start looking like he belonged in the early second round 
where CeeDee Lamb was going, um, if not higher. Um, Devonta Smith, not really startable. I, I mean, boom, bust wide receiver four, if you want to roll the dice. Uh, not this week against Minnesota. All right. And then uh, Miles Sanders, probably the best option, but, uh, you know, expect some touchdowns to get vultured by Gainwell and Scott, like we saw in week one. But, uh, you know, he's still the, the lead dog there. Yeah, expect uh, Hurts to vulture some stuff too. Not this week, but uh, but certainly could come against Minnesota. Yeah, and, and Hurts looking good, obviously, with the rushing, but also as a passer against Detroit, at least. Uh, give me the Eagles at home. Oh, I'm taking Minnesota on the road here. I, you know, that's why I said maybe we'll disagree here. And to yeah. me, you know, I think this, I think people are overrating the Vikings a little bit because of just all the issues that Green Bay had. I think it was the loss was more on Green Bay. Um, certainly Kevin O'Connell looked good in his first coaching start or at the very least much better than Nathaniel Hackett did. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Eagles strength at, you know, offensive line and defensive line, especially at home. I'm still, I'm still taking them here. Eagles narrowly beat the lions. The Vikings spank the Packers. Give me the Vikings. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. We will see on this one this week. And uh, before we get to our survivor picks, which didn't go so well for me uh, last week, Los, how about Xander Horvath? Two touchdowns in two weeks now. Yeah, uh, the only guy happier than uh, than him's got to be every Austin Eckler owner out there, right? Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I- I'm going to be honest. I-, I drafted Barkley over Eckler in pretty much every league in the back half of the first, where you know Eckler was still there, so. I'm not too worried about that, but uh, <laughs> certainly don't like seeing this kind of uh, almost Kyle Juszczyk kind of usage, right, for the Xander Horvath guy. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, but I hope it doesn't last. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the survivor picks. Uh, did not go so hot for me last week, Los, uh, but you barely scraped by. So maybe uh... a win is a win, my friend. And I was never <laughs> in doubt. There wasn't a second or shred of doubt or fear in my mind. Fair enough. Uh, so who are you going to go with this week then? This week, I'm going to pick up the pieces that you left on the floor and show you how and when to pick Denver against the Houston Texans. All right. Uh, honestly, I think there's a lot of good options here. Um, I'm between the Rams and the 49ers, and I'm going to go with a bounce-back game for the Niners at home. There you go. Uh, of course, Dan had a, a comfortable pick last week with the Ravens cruising past the Jets. And uh, Dan, who's your pick for this week? Uh, I'm going with the Bengals. I think they're going to take advantage of Dallas being a little bit off center without, without Dak. And uh, I also think they might not be super great this year in general. So I kind of want to just get them out of the way. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that's a very good point. Um, playing in a tough AFC North where we know that the games are always sloppy, right? The Bengals are the bane of my existence. Pretty much every year I get hit on a week where I pick the Bengals and it's usually because they end up tying in the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think people risked it in week one, maybe too, and just yeah. straight up lost that one. But yeah, I think the theme for all our picks is teams in good divisions who we, we kind of want to get out of the way with easy, easier matchups. Right. I should say. Yeah, I think three pretty safe picks. We all should get out of this week unscathed. Well, so we thought in week one, too, but one of us did not. And, uh, well, it is what it is. Yep. Um, all right. So, again, it is the 49ers for me, uh, the Bengals for Dan. And uh, who'd you say, Los? The, uh, Denver. Yes, the Broncos. All right. Uh, we are going to go over a couple quick mailbag questions, um, some, st- some sit-start questions here before we end the show. We have Brian Russell at FFB Russ. He asks, in half PPR, close rank DJ Moore, Elijah Moore, and Ezekiel Elliott at the flex position this week. DJ, Zeke, Elijah. Yeah, I, I think I have DJ Moore as the top option as well. Um, even though Robbie Henderson was the top, was the was the leading uh, receiver for Carolina in Week One, I, I still think Moore will be heavily involved. And then he had a second question too, Los, uh, sure. which I think this one's pretty easy, but we'll see what you say. Uh, pick one again between AJ Dillon, Miles Sanders, and Jalen Waddle. 
Oh, Dylan all day. Yep. Agreed with you there. And then the second question this week from uh, Kadarius Tony Truther. I don't know how happy he is after week <laughs> one, but at Brewers underscore 69, Kadarius Tony Truther asks, Daryl Henderson or Cortland Sutton at flex in PPR? And he smartly provided additional information, which always helps us with these questions. He said he's also looking for the ceiling play because he's currently projected to lose by 10 points. I, I don't see any way that Cortland Sutton is not the ceiling play between those two players. Um, the floor is lower in Daryl Henderson. He could come up with a, with a bum hammy at any time, as we've seen multiple times in his career. He's going to get those targets. I like the workload that I see from him, but the upside is massive with Cortland Sutton. Yeah, I mean, without without you know trying to project for injuries, I think Henderson's probably the floor play just because we expect him to again yep. get a lot of the the workload. But totally, I mean, we saw what Michael Pittman did to the Texans despite the Colts struggling overall in Week One, and uh, yeah, even though Jerry Judy got that big touchdown against the Seahawks in Week One, I, I would still definitely go with Sutton over Henderson, especially for ceiling. So thanks for, thanks for the questions, guys. Good questions. Keep them. Yeah, we're going to try and pick a couple to address every single week and uh, let you guys know what we think. So hopefully you guys are 1-0, and but uh, even if you're 0-1, don't worry too much. It's only one week. Best of luck to all of you in week two. If you guys have more questions before the Sunday slate, you can find us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That is M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore Los. That's L-O-S. You can find this, the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. And please remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. Uh, different release schedule this season. Yes, sir. And it's a fantasy world. And we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. <laughs>